Hello and welcome to the Seminole Wrap, podcast about all things Florida State. I am Tim Allenball, and tonight I am joined by two of Tomahawk Nation's finest, the recruiting experts themselves, Josh Pick and David Stout. Fellas, it's an exciting week and we got a lot to talk about. First, Dr. David Stout got his glasses on. He's ready to rock and roll. How are you, David? I'm good. I, I am not yet a doctor, um, nor do I play one on TV, but I am so excited after this past weekend. I can't wait to get into it. And man, it's uh, it was like we were already kind of talking about what to talk about. And then another commit pop today. So uh, we're ready for this. Josh, how are you, sir? What's up, boys? Doing well. Josh, uh, not to put you on the spot, but you were kind of sharing something uh, pre-podcast. You were out covering a, a golf event when uh, when some of these these names popped and you uh, you got you got to speak a little bit with uh, another uh, fellow FSU guy. Yeah. Hank Lebiota, who was an awesome player at Florida state and now plays in the PGA tour um, was in the mix at the Travelers championship this weekend. I ran into him before the round on the, on the range and I walked up to him. He's like, what's up, dude. You haven't seen you in a while, whatever. And um, all he wanted to talk about was like Tom Hawk nation, like all the articles we did this weekend and all the commits we've been landing. And it was like, he's like, man, he's like, were you writing all those articles? I was like, nah, that was, that was David. He was, he was knocking them out. And I was like, fortunately, we didn't have to rush to do them because we knew all these commitments were coming. So we had them all pre-written, which is awesome. And he's like, really? He's like, even the kid from Mississippi, like Travion Williams? I was like, oh, actually, we we weren't totally sure about that one. Florida State kind of just flexed their muscles on that one and landed him. And and we kind of had a discussion about Travion. It's kind of like, he's one of those Alabama defensive ends. Like, he's a huge freaking kid. One of those kids you could slide inside if you need to. And it's like, just kind of a way to kick off the pod, like, this is kind of Florida state now recruiting like an sec school and kind of like back when Jimbo was in charge. And it was just fun that he was about to, you know, try and have a great finish at a, at a PGA tour event. All I want to talk about was Tom nation and Florida state recruiting and Mike Norvell is exciting the fan base. And of course, Hank went out yesterday and shot a great round was in the lead at one point ended up tied for fifth, which is he's had a better finish on the PGA tour, but not in a better field like that. So it was really, to me, it was his best week on the PGA tour. So that was cool to see. Tomahawk nation got some buzz going, but the real buzz is coming out of Florida state out of Tallahassee. Cause like you said, it was a wild week uh, leading up to this. We had kind of talked about this, the last two podcasts, especially David's been kind of banging that drum this June 25th weekend. That's where a lot of things are going to happen. And, uh, a lot of things did happen. So before we dive into it, I checked the recruiting article. David did not beat me to this. So I'm, I'm excited because David beats me to everything. Uh, I pulled it up today. Florida State currently on the 24-7 composite, ranked number three with a composite score of 220, already ahead of last year's composite score. That's, that's what Florida State is doing right now. Uh, they would they would already be in the top twenty of last year with their current score. So uh, and and not saying they're going to keep all these guys, and not saying they're going to land all these guys they're looking at, but you still got guys like Julian Armella and Elijah Pritchett and Kevin Coleman and Jaleel Skinner. You know, just some names: Jeron Willis, uh, Jalen Early. There's just a lot of big names that Florida State still has a really good chance of landing, and that's just really encouraging. <laughs> it's uh, it, it's kind of like like you said, it's like the Jimbo days where uh, by the time the summer ended almost your entire class was committed and it was in the top 10 so excited so let's kick it off david the the name that we didn't talk about probably the most heading up into this weekend was travion williams uh 65 255 
out of Mississippi. Mississippi kids are hard to pull. He showed up at Florida State's campus, and by the end of Friday, he was the first name to pop. Uh, this guy's a freak. This this is – David, you and I have been talking about the defensive end factory that Florida State's going to be over the next few years, and obviously some of those names have flipped around. There's still some awesome names recruited, but Travion Williams just adds to that factory, David. Man, what what a great surprise, right? Like, I, you know, Travion Williams – he was a kid I didn't want to get my hopes up because, you know, Mississippi's recruiting him, Mississippi State's recruiting him. Um, I want to say LSU's been looking at him hard. Like, he's one of those that you're like, you know, he, he probably likes FSU a lot, but, uh, you know, he's probably going to wind up in state or whatever. Um, but then we found out that he hastily scheduled an official visit. And then we all started talking in the Slack channel, like, well, wait a minute, well, there, there could be something here. There's some urgency on that. Um, definitely did not expect him to commit this weekend. That was an incredible surprise. Um, and it's funny because you know, me in particular, I was so worried about him being from Mississippi, but now we hear rumors that he's actually going to transfer to Collins Hill High School, which is where one Travis Hunter happens to play um, and dominate the field. And uh, so he's going to be in Georgia, actually, which is much closer to Florida State. He's going to have Travis Hunter as a teammate. Like now we feel great about FSU sticking in it with him. Um, but yeah, right now he's listed as a linebacker on some sites. He's not going to play linebacker. He's going to be an edge rusher, um, grow into a defensive end position but yeah he is a freak he's super athletic um if you watch some of his highlights you'll see him playing all around the field and uh yeah this is the kind of kid that sec programs land just like josh was talking about um and so super exciting man and i absolutely i adore that commitment video that is making the rounds where he's in front of the pool and he just kind of throws his arms out and he's like I'm committed and everybody just loses their mind and Norvell's hugging him. Like what a great moment for that kid. And um, yeah, I'm super excited. We, we knew a good amount of the commitments that were going to happen um, this weekend as we've, we've been not so subtly hinting in on uh, the last several recruiting threads and podcasts and stuff, but we did not know that he was going to pop. And so, you know, even for grizzled old recruiting veterans like us, man, there's still some surprises out there and I love it when that happens. When you mentioned the recruiting video that you loved, I thought you were going to talk about the one with his aunt and all the assistant coaches like walking through the doorway. That that was the one that cracked me up. And just it just shows you that these coaches know how to relate with these families and these players. Yeah, I, I saw that one. That was that was fantastic. And uh, like you said, Coach Norvell and crew really pushing that family atmosphere. Um, and and I, I'll take note. I, I won't dive into this deeply, but now we've had the second head coach of a Florida state rival slash opponent over the last probably three weeks that is now taking a not so subtle shot at Florida state in their recruiting. And so uh, I'll let you uh, read the tea leaves and get into that. And, you know, we, we've probably done similar shots at, at other teams in the past, but you take shots when somebody's making ripples and that's what Florida State's doing right now. They're making ripples, and that ripple continued on Saturday when four-star offensive linemen, most likely interior linemen, but can also slide out out of Lee County, 
320. Quay Sapp committed to Florida State. This is one we were expecting. This is one where there were rumors maybe this kid was a silent, but this kid was leaning Florida State. Uh, and he was the first offensive lineman, but not the last of the weekend to commit to Florida State. David, your thoughts on Quayshawn Sapp more than – I know we've talked about him a lot, but just kind of touching on him a little bit here. Yeah, absolutely love him. And, and um, again, this is one of the ones we've been alluding to. We The three names that we kept telling people to really watch were uh, Quayshawn Sapp, Kaniya Charlton, and Bishop Thomas. And so when Sapp popped, he it was funny, man. I thought Charlton was going to be the first one to go, but, but Sapp beat him to the punch. Um, but what's really cool is when you hear – Sap and Charlton give interviews. The two of them already know each other really well, and they formed a really good bond, which is awesome because there's a good chance at some point in time they're going to be playing next to each other in the trenches. And so they've already got that communication happening. Um, but no, I, I really like Quayshawn Sap a lot. He's listed as an offensive tackle. Um, we think we have pretty good authority that that FSU likes him for the interior. But a theme that you're going to notice with a lot of these offensive linemen that they're taking is they can fit on the interior offensive linemen. They can also fit at a tackle position. Now, they're probably going to cross-train these guys. And, you know, somebody like Quayshawn Sapp is going to fit best probably in the interior, one of the guard spots, potentially center, because we have heard he's been working on his snaps and everything, so he could potentially be your center. Um, But in a pinch, should FSU have similar injury luck as, as they've had on the past with the offensive line, He's a guy who can probably slide out to right tackle and finish a game for you in that spot. Um, very athletic, love his size, love his length. Um, he's he's going to be a good one. Uh, and I think a, a big thing that you're going to see with a lot of these offensive linemen um, who have committed to Florida State and who they're also looking at to round out the class, these guys, if they truly buy into the program, between Coach Atkins and Coach Storms, they're going to be able to reshape their bodies and they're going to find playing time fairly early. And we've seen indications from every single offensive lineman commit they've taken so far that these kids are taking that seriously and they're coachable. They listen to the to the coaches when they tell them what they need to do. So far, that's a really good sign. Well, just a few things on SAP. And he said, like, he knew it was time when he saw his mom's reaction. And again, like Florida State, like getting the family and like, fit and family and they're getting that time and time again Quayshon Sapp as we mentioned he's a teammate of Jerron Willis who's a stud linebacker pun intended um uh Florida State has a really good chance now of flipping Jerron Willis from a rival in Georgia Tech which which would be huge and then the third thing is Florida State getting we talked about being like Jimbo recruiting they're getting back into Georgia which is absolutely massive yeah, David, you kind of stole my thunder about something I wanted to get to was was the theme we're seeing with these offensive linemen. You look at Ba, you look at uh, Sapp, and we'll talk about Charlton in a second, and, and also Woody. Uh, these are guys that in a pinch or if necessary can play offensive tackle. And I, I think Florida State really learned here, especially in the last few years uh, or the last year with with what we saw with, with Devontae Love-Taylor and other things, uh, some of those guys have that skill and in a pinch can really come through and, and, and not leave you with putting out a true freshman or, or putting out somebody that just doesn't need to be out there and just get your quarterback, you know, mauled. So definitely see a theme, definitely see that Florida state is going to set themselves up. If everything holds on to, to not be left with their hands up going, Oh my gosh, what are we going to do? And, uh, 
you didn't really see that with Willie, you know, not to knock on him too much. And near the end of Jimbo, you especially didn't see that where, where offensive line recruiting really fell off. So you see a plan being executed by these coaches and you see them going through with it and sticking to it. And so that's exciting to see what they're going to do. And so just jumping to the next guy, uh, Kaniya Charlton, uh, 6'5", 350. His weight's kind of all over the place, but he is getting himself in pretty good shape. This guy is just an absolute monster. He's one of those guys that it, playing high school football, if you had a lineup, not even across from him, but just in his general vicinity where you knew you had a chance of being hit by him, you just kind of took a big breath because you're like, oh, here we go. <laughs> so, uh, David, talk a little bit about Charlton. Yeah, so he he is a mountain of a man, literally. He's, um, I want to say I saw somewhere where uh, they they took his measurables on campus and he he ended up being like 6'4", 340 or 6'4", 335 or something like that. Um, so Charlton, I think, is the only one who is definitely an interior lineman. I don't think he, I don't think they would put him at tackle. Right. Um, but he's going to fit at the guard position. And so the concerns with him... <laughs> it's stupid how low he's ranked. Like you, you can't tell me there's 1200 kids who are better at football than Kanaya Charlton, but I think it's lazy evaluation from some of the sites because they look at his weight. Um, they automatically assume that he's too fat to play, that he's, he's lazy, whatever. And that's, that's not fair at all. Like when you actually watch film of him, he's very coachable. He's got good feet. He's got good footwork already. He's been taught good footwork. He's nimble on his feet, especially for carrying that much weight. Um, I think the concern with him is he does have kind of skinnier legs and hips. Um, so I think that might play into why he's, he's a little bit lower um, on the rankings, but if they can get him down to around 320-ish, you know, 315, 320-ish, and really get him in Coach Storms' program and all that stuff, I'm telling you, he's going to be a multi-year starter because he does. He has that dog in him. And, I, th- you know, one of, the, one of my favorite quotes that a recruit has given Josh this whole cycle, basically, maybe even this cycle and last cycle, is he basically told Josh, like, I'm the dude that you don't want to make mad. Like, you make me mad, I turn into the Hulk. And I absolutely love that about him because when you see him in interviews and stuff, he's a real sweet kid. He he texts and everything with exclamation points after every sentence. Like, he's super excited, really, really loves football. But then, boy, he can flip that switch. And you're right, Tim, he's, he's a beast out there. And, you know, once he, like I said, once he transforms some of that fat into bulk and strength and all that, he's, he's going to be really tough to get around. Yeah, and just two things, like just the fact that he's already gone from 360 to 340 is very encouraging. He shows that he's willing to work on that. And the, the work ethic is obviously a question mark. And that's probably, as you said, why the, the sites have dinged him a little bit. And, and it almost is like, you see Kanayo Charlton it reminds you of Michael Orr from the blind side. Like <laughs> I don't want any part of this guy. I don't want to line up across from him. And, and, and the intimidation factor in football is huge. So it's great to get him on board, obviously. Yeah. I, I think my favorite Kanayo Charlton story credit to, uh, to Brendan Sinone over at 24 seven was the quote he got where a couple years ago, he said he would never go to Florida state because they sent him, uh, they sent him information where his name was spelled wrong. And he, he just completely wrote off Florida State, and it was like, no, nope, I'll, I'll never do that. I'll never go there. And, I mean, basically in, in six to eight months' time, Norvell and staff were, were able to completely change his mind and, and get him committed. And 
I, I don't know. I know he's way low in the rankings, but just watch some of his film at some of the camps. When he comes out of his stance and puts his hands on somebody, they don't just take a step back. They go flying back. That kid is a monster. And, and, and it's a huge situation. He was one of the kids that was able to visit Florida State right before the COVID hit in the dead period. And Florida State was able to, like, I talked to him right after that, and he's like, yeah, Florida State's my leader. And I think that was absolutely massive, that Florida State was able to get him on campus early, build up their relationship with Coach Atkins and, and their coaching staff, Coach Grady down at Brunswick. And, and I think that was a really big moment for Florida State to get Kanach Harrelton. And I kind of feel like he's been a silent for – I don't know, six months. Like, he, <laughs> like, like I know that he and Coach Atkins have had conversations like almost like, hey, you're already a Florida State player. Go represent us on the field. And I think that's so cool to hear. Yeah, and I, I think as he gets more exposure, I think he's a kid that's going to fly up the rankings, Des- deservingly so. Like no no Florida State bump or anything like that. Like that's a kid that, that once people really notice that his size doesn't hinder him, He's going to be a big mover. Well, he's obviously got projectability because of just his athleticism, but he can also play. I mean, like you see all the teams that have offered him, they've offered him for a reason, but this kid can also freaking play. So, yeah, I agree. He will be a four-star eventually. Yeah. So going to the other side of the line, Florida State got a a fourth commit on the weekend. This one was on uh, Saturday night. I was going to say Sunday, but it was Saturday night. Uh, Defensive tackle Bishop Thomas, three-star down out of Orlando. Uh, this was a kid we were kind of expecting. This is somebody that Florida State had been in on for a while and been kind of a heavy lean. Uh, there's been some knocks on his size, but this is a kid that, that Florida State, uh, this was this is a commit that Florida State didn't land necessarily at the last two years, even though they had the heavy leanings and everything. So again, this is a great job by the staff. Uh, and, and this is a, definitely a position of, of need. I'm, I'm right in saying that, David. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and um, Bishop Thomas in the interviews he's given in the past, he's consistently said that uh, Odell Hagens has basically said, you know, I'm, I'm taking two defensive tackles this year and you're going to be one of them. And so he's, he's consistently been prioritized and yet he's, he's not as tall um, as we hoped he would be when he measured in, but it's just like you said, Tim, this is the kind of guy in the past Florida state might say, eh, you know, you're not as tall as we want you to be go somewhere else. He goes somewhere else that somewhere else ends up playing Florida state. He's a total pain in the ass because he's a good player. And so this is one of those commitments that again, when you watch his film, he's super athletic for his size. Um, He may not be the tallest guy. He may not be the strongest guy, but that athleticism really helps him dip under defensive linemen. He can shuck them to the side. He's fast off his feet. He, and he's another one kind of like you mentioned with, um, Kanai Charlton, when he when he gets his hands on you, man, you're moving backwards. You're not moving forwards. Um, so I'm excited about him. I think he's got a really good mentality. He already has good chemistry with the program because he um, played in Louisiana and was a teammate of the Boogeyman. I love that. Freaking love that nickname. Um, Byron Turner Jr., who was a, a Tribe 21 signee, and so those two already have a good bond. Um, so I'm excited, man, and it's. It's super exciting to me too. It doesn't always work out this way, but when you have two talented guys who played with each other in high school, but one's a little bit older than the other one, when those two guys end up at the same school and you can look back on film and you see them playing next to each other as, you know, sophomores, juniors, seniors in high school, and then you get to see them play next to each other at Florida State, like that's really cool to see those guys develop in that way. So, um, yeah, Bishop, he may be a guy that, you know, he's not going to get a ton of, of hype or anything like that. 
I think he's accurately rated as a low four star. I might even put him in as a, you know, high three star just because he, he doesn't have that size, but that's not a knock on him at all because he's going to be somebody who factors into the defensive tackle rotation. Um, and again, uh, I keep saying it, but once he gets into that, that program with, with coach storms, he he's got really good potential to keep that athleticism while adding more bulk to it. Yeah. And credit to Florida state for using the relationships that are already existing there with Turner and, and Thomas and, Obviously, Coach Johnson down in Louisiana, and, and then Od- Odell Hagan's doing his job. So a great teamwork there for Florida State. Yeah, and um, another great commitment video uh, from Thomas. He was out there on the 50-yard line with, with the staff and with family and everything. And, uh, and again, like you said, family atmosphere. Everybody was absolutely stoked. His family was, was very into it. And uh, you can just see that, like you said, they're building this chemistry. They're building this bond. And there may be some players that are highly ranked, high four stars that that Florida State may pass on if they don't have the right chemistry and right attitude uh, to, to be what Mike, Mike Norvell's building. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, one more commit to get to. This one, uh, a great bookend to the whole weekend. Uh, four-star offensive tackle slash defensive lineman slash just put him somewhere out there. And Tavius Woody out of Lafayette, Alabama. Uh, he's an, he's an absolute monster when, when this one, this was the one we didn't have a pre-write on, uh, besides Travion, we weren't ready for this one. Uh, but when, when that news broke, David was doing cartwheels. We couldn't find him for like an hour. Cause he just, I think he just ran down the street. Uh, so, so Savad on our site got that put out there and, and this guy is, uh, David, you hinted at it. This is going to be the guy that they're going to have a pit fight over to see which side of the line he's going to be on. Now we get to see it, Dave. I could not be more excited about this commitment and I'm kind of surprised that he committed this early. I thought he might wait. Um, but somebody in our Slack channel, I can't remember who it was, but someone said, you know, as you watch him in videos, this is a kid when you when you see him talking in videos, he he's done. Like he he knows where he wants to go. He's had enough of the recruiting process. He's ready to move forward. And um, man, Alabama and Auburn are gonna just kick themselves three years from now. If if Tay Woody sticks with Florida State, they're gonna be like, How do we let this kid leave the state? So he legitimately could play offensive tackle, he could play offensive guard, he can probably play center. And on the flip side of that, he just dominated in the Rivals Camp Series as a defensive tackle. He would probably be the best defensive tackle that FSU signs in this class. He's just that talented. And you don't see guys like, you know, you you see guys who could potentially flip if you have depth problems or whatever. You don't see a dude who's a potential starter all along the offensive line and at defensive tackle that often. Um, and huge credit to the coaching staff for, for getting him in. Um, I know Coach Atkins did some seriously heavy lifting on that. Coach Norvell assisted quite a bit, and I'm sure Odell did as well. But um, this is the kind of kid that FSU needs to land. And, you know, Tay Woody has been kind of flying under the radar. I feel terrible because when I would do the offensive line uh, state of recruiting things, he's the one I would always forget. And Josh would have to remind me, Hey, put Tay Woody in. And it's funny because as soon as I started doing that and started watching more of his film and then saw him on the camp circuit, I was like, Oh my gosh, he FSU has to have this kid. And they did it, man. I'm, I'm so excited about it. Um, dynamite personality, dynamite out on the field, has great leadership potential. 
I mean, truly, it's one of those things where what a luxury it is to have such a versatile lineman. Just get him on campus, test him out along the O-line, test him out at DT, wherever he's needed most, you can plug him in there. I mean, FSU hasn't had a luxury like that in, you know, probably 10 years. It's awesome. And that's a kid you watch his huddle film and you see like, okay, like he's like got the video of like Michael Ord going to put the kid on the bus when he's at offensive line. And then he's on defensive tackle. He's like ragdolling the quarterbacks, and the running backs. It's like, holy moly, this kid is fierce. Like this is an awesome player. And, and just, as you said, like the versatility is amazing. And big props to coach Atkins for Lennon. Hey, Woody. Yeah, man. I can't remember the last time I watched the lineman's film and one play you're like, oh, he's definitely an offensive tackle. The next play rolls and you're like, no, he's a guard. Then the next play rolls and you're like, oh my God, put him in defensive tackle. Like it's, it's just incredible how talented he is. And um, yeah, there, there's definitely some all ACC nominations and wins in his future. He's, he's really good. So, so David, incredible weekend, but you made a comment where you said, Odell has been talking about he wants to take two defensive tackles. Do we have them both now? Or do they take the do they take another one with, and, and use that luxury of having uh, Woody on, on either side? What, what do you think is going to happen in that defensive tackle room? I think that is an excellent question. So we're going to go over this kind of – and so just to kind of preview um, to the listeners and, and TN community kind of what I'm working on. So I'm going to put out a two-part article series on kind of doing a, a midsummer checkup on Tribe 22. The first part of that should be out in the next couple of days. And then I'm going to do the next part, which actually goes through position by position, kind of gives you a quick and dirty rundown where, where the class may go. And then after that, um, I'm going to work on – hopefully with Josh's help because I'm going to need help. Um, I'm going to work on updating all the state of recruiting position articles. And defensive tackle is going to be a really interesting one to do because – You've got Bishop Thomas on board. Now you got Tay Woody on board. I think with Woody, there's a good chance that based on what other offensive line targets FSU can bring in, it may actually push him to defensive tackle. Based on if they whiff on guys, like if they can't get some of the offensive tackles thereafter, I think there's a good chance he may stick with offensive line. Um, it may be a situation where if they run into a spring training and there's a bunch of guys get hurt, he may have to go somewhere. So he's kind of a wild card. Um, but I'm, I'm going to be real, man. Like when you look at the other defensive tackle targets on the board, nobody really jumps out at you as, as a true stud. Like I really like Daniel Lyons from South Florida, but I don't feel great about FSU's chances of landing him. Um, we've talked about Caleb Artis who, who previously visited um, FSU and, you know, he plays against really bad competition up in New York. He's He's got the tools, but he's nowhere near ready to contribute. Um, and then, you know, people may talk about um, Gabe Dendy, but that that's a pipe dream. There's another one who's in Arizona, Brown, I think his name is. Anthony, Anthony Lucas. Anthony Lucas. Thank you. Yeah, so Anthony Lucas. He wants to come visit Florida State, but I don't know their chances on that. So, you know, I think when you look at defensive tackle, I think if there is going to be a position where FSU is really going to try to churn that transfer portal and, and JUCO, it's going to be at defensive tackle. So the beauty of what Woody gives you is he gives you a safety net almost in that if you do whiff on all these other defensive tackles or if you feel like you can't take a project right now, 
you've got him in your back pocket and then you can afford to wait a little bit longer to see who may come in the transfer portal and all that. So it's a great question, Tim. I don't have the answer for you yet, but I think, you know, probably midway through the fall, I think we could have our answer in terms of, you know, does FSU stop at DT there? And you're talking about Lions. And as we've talked about previously, it kind of feels like Lions and Dante Anderson are a package deal and, and Miami's the team to beat there. And then Florida State goes and lands Trayvon Williams. They've already got Aaron Hester. They're feeling good about Marvin Jones probably. And maybe who knows, Nigel Lee Kelly could come back into the fold. And so it's like Dante Anderson might get squeaked. Not, you know, well, they'd take him if he wanted to commit right now. But if he's going to wait until Sunday, he's a guy who gets squeezed out. And then you've got, you know, you're probably not getting Lions either. So as you said, I don't really feel like they're going to land Lions. Anthony Lucas, a Miami, a Miami legacy, but a national recruit. And I don't, just don't really feel like Florida State's quite in it, even with Coach Dillingham's efforts and relationships out in Arizona. And Artis is probably a guy that stays up in the Northeast at the end of the day. So I agree with you. It's probably going to be a Juco portal situation for defensive tackle. Yeah, and that's exactly what I was going to say was not, not to for us to all be in agreement here, but um, I really feel like if there's one spot that Florida State's got to go hit the JUCO market or hit or hit the transfer portal in the upcoming class, it's going to be defensive tackle. Um, obviously if there's some stud uh, offensive tackle or something that's interested in Florida state, they, they, you know, definitely want to take him, but that's one that I think they're going to go out and seek. Uh, they're trying to shore up the linebacker room. They've got some targets they really want. They like a lot of their young players. They're really trying to reshape the offensive line room and get that done. You know, those are the two areas that were, were in dire need in the last two classes. And now defensive tackle with, with, uh, with some of the guys not making it eligibility wise and, and some of them leaving early uh, and the way that's all shaking out like this, this is the area that we could definitely see Florida state hit the Juco market hard or, or, or hit the, uh, Hit the transfer portal. But going to the other side there, David, the offensive line, you had said and you had stated, I guess it's probably three weeks now, after the June 25th weekend, we will have a much clearer picture of what the offensive line is going to look like for this class. And sure enough, we now have a much better picture. Uh, Interior-wise, David, they're pretty much done, right? Yeah, they've got a beautiful foundation for offensive line right now. So you've got Alou Ba, you've got Kanai Charlton, you've got Quayshawn Sapp. Those three guys, we believe FSU is projecting to the interior offensive line. You got Tay Woody out there who could also wind up being an offensive interior offensive lineman. Um, so now we get really excited because now they get to go tackle hunting, right? And so um, you've got Jalen Early, who is going to be announcing his commitment in a, in a little, between two and three weeks on, on July 15th. Um, wink, wink, feel really good about that one. Um, he is projected as an offensive tackle. Coaches like him as an offensive tackle. Um, you got the two real big fish out there and Elijah Pritchett and Julian Armella. Um, they would they would easily wait on both of those guys is as long as they feel that they have a puncher's chance in it. Um, I think this staff has shown that it's very adept and very savvy. Uh, they kind of know when they're not trending the right way and they know when to cut bait. So um, it'll be interesting to see what happens, but certainly Elijah Pritchett has been on campus you know, more times than half the college students who are attending Florida State right now have been. And then Julian Armella had a great unofficial visit. He's coming back for an official 
FSU likes where it is there. Um, then you got Daughtry Richardson hanging out out there. So, so personally, I think there's a good chance that he lost his opportunity to play at Florida State. I think he um, had he committed earlier this summer, they probably would have taken him. Um, he did not. And so it's going to be interesting to see Miami has prioritized him. And so as of right now, I think he'll end up going to Miami, but he's a guy that they could come back around to if they all of a sudden don't feel good about some of these other guys. But um, yeah, it's, it's fantastic that they've shored up the interior offensive line. Two of those three guys, three of the four, if you count Woody have the potential to go to bump out and play offensive tackle on a pinch. But now they get to go recruit the guys who are going to be offensive tackles. And if you have to, you can slide them inside, but they're training to be offensive tackles. And that's Jalen Early. That's um, uh, Julian Armella. And it's um, Elijah Elijah Pritchett. Thank you, Elijah Pritchett. So very exciting um, and definitely – you know, kind of a relief to Florida State fans to see those kind of guys committed. But I have a very fun statistic for you. It's going to be in the article I put out here. So I, I'm not a math guy, but I did some addition and, and some division here. So Florida State got five commitments this weekend. I cannot remember the last time where five lineman commitments happened in the same weekend. It's awesome. Those five commitments represent 1,517 pounds of humanity. So 1,517 pounds of humanity. You divide that by five, that's an average of 303 pounds per commitment. Now, obviously some of that's bad weight. They're gonna have to lose some of that weight. They're gonna have to reshape their bodies, but long gone are the days of Florida State taking a 260 pound offensive tackle prospect and hoping he puts on enough weight. Like these dudes are hog mollies and they're coming in. Now, if you just look at the, the four offensive line commitments, including Tay Woody, they average 321.75 pounds. And so again, this is the mindset that SEC teams play. You gotta have kids who you know can carry that bulk. It's so much easier to take weight off and reshape a body than it is to have to continue to add weight and add strength and add muscle, especially with offensive linemen. And so it's such a relief to see the size coming in, man. I mean, I feel like, um, is it Wendy's that's like, where's the beef? I feel like this past recruiting weekend should have been sponsored by Wendy's because it's like, where's the beef? Here's the beef right here in Tallahassee. No, 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 David. In honor of Frank D. Knoll, who loves Arby's, we have the meats. Come on, bro. Like, you got to go with that. But like, on a serious note, though, like, Dachi Richardson, it's a kid that Florida State coaches are still talking to. They have a good relationship. Coach Atkins, Coach Dillingham, he loves those guys. And if Florida State wanted to push for him near sign day, I think it's a kid they could still land if need be, if they miss out on some of those big targets. Um, you mentioned early, and we can talk about it a little bit more, but I kind of feel like early is a little bit of a package deal with tight end Jarrell Powers. And another kid to be interested in in that, that Duncanville theme is Chris Parson, a 23 quarterback who transferred to Tennessee to play high school football, but was initially at Duncanville. And so you could end up theoretically getting three for one out of that Duncanville Jalen early package. Um, and then one more name to know at offensive tackle potentially is Eston Harris from Alabama. I can let yep, you talk Eston about Harris. Him. Yep. Eston Harris. He's in the top five uh, for him. FSU's in the top five for him. FSU just recently made the top five for Bryson Hurst. And so it's going to be really interesting to see how they juggle all these offensive tackle prospects, but I'll tell you what, man, they've put themselves in a, they put themselves in a great position moving forward. And obviously Florida state's going to have to win ball games. They're going to have to show that they can, you know, make progress and all this stuff to keep these kids. 
And some of it may take care of itself. You know, down the line, one of these guys may decide, hey, I don't want to be one of six or seven offensive linemen. I want to go to a smaller class. If it happens, it happens. They do what's best for them. But I'm going to make one more proclamation here. Again, I've got this in the article that's coming up. FSU had nine official visitors this past weekend. I'm going to tell you right now, they're going to land eight of those nine kids. Their hit rate is going to be eight out of nine. I'm not, is it, what is that? 88%, 89%. I'm not a math guy. I was an English major, but um, that kind of hit rate doesn't happen in recruiting and especially over one, you know, official visit weekend, but the ones who are still out there, you've got um, Jarrell Powers, you've got Jalen Early. I think both of them are going to be Knowles by the end of July. You've got Jaron Willis, who really, really is thinking about Florida State now. We don't know his timeline, but I have a feeling Florida State's going to flip him. And then um, Emory Jones, the offensive lineman from Louisiana, he, uh, to me, he was always a pipe dream. Kind of reminds me of Cardell Thomas a couple cycles ago. You know, he may absolutely love Florida State, but he's not going to leave the state of Louisiana. Like, he's that's just where he's going to be. Um, and so you, you're looking at an eight out of nine hit rate. And to see FSU fly up in these rankings, I mean, who would have ever thought they would be a top three recruiting class as we're on the cusp of July? But here these coaches are, man. They, they have the faith and they are grinders. But something I'm also going to say in the article that's coming out soon, they're going to treat that commitment scoreboard not like a 14. They're going to treat it like a zero. These dudes are grinders. They know that there's a long way to go. And just because they have this positive momentum does not mean they're going to sit back on their heels and relax any bit. Is, uh, is that who you expect next? I, I guess my, I was going to transition into what's next for Florida State. It, is it Powers and Early, the next two that could be the, uh, the, next, the next commitments for Florida State? I think so because they've announced their commitment dates. Um, uh, Powers, I believe, is going to announce on the 3rd of July. And then um, Early is going to announce on July 15th. And so, you know, Willis could pop at any point in time. We know that Sapp's going to be in his ear. I think he I think Willis will probably take his time and, and talk with family and all that stuff. So um, that that one may not happen until the end of summer or the fall. But uh, I love where FSU positioned themselves on that. And so it's man, it's awesome. I think they're about halfway done with the class right now, maybe a little over halfway done. But as Josh said, they're already in this position where they've already beat last year's class and they still have all these whales out there to hunt. Like they've got the Kevin Coleman's, they've got Jaleel Skinner. They've got all of these guys who are still out there. And my goodness gracious, boys, is that Notre Dame weekend shaping up to be a doozy or what? It kind of reminds me of the uh, the Oklahoma game that Florida State ended up losing, but was still one of the most memorable weekends that people still talk about at Tallahassee. Like, obviously, Notre Dame's going to come in as a favorite, and it's going to be difficult for Florida State to win that game. But I don't think Florida State has to win that game to still impress all the recruits that are going to be there. They just need to show a competent a competent team on the field, they need to show that it's an atmosphere that you want to come play in, which is exactly like what Oklahoma was. And and they just need to compete and be impressive there. And I think that could go a long way. And I think we could maybe even see, maybe not a public commit, but a silent commit or two happen that first weekend. And you hit the nail on the head, Tim. I think I think to a man, every single kid who has said they're coming for that weekend, officially or unofficially, 
They've all said, I want to see what the game day environment's like. I don't think a single one of them has said, I have to see FSU win that game. They want to see what the game day environment's like. They want to see how the team reacts. They want to watch the coaches coach. I really don't think they're worried about the score. Now, if FSU gets blown out, obviously that's going to have an impact. But as long as they're competitive and the crowd is hyped and things are happening, I think you're right, man. I think we could very well see some commitments come out of that weekend. And, and barring injuries, I think it will be a competitive game. And you think about the crowd, first game of the season with all this recruiting buzz building up in the fan base in a post-COVID era, that place is going to be absolutely rocking for national TV. Yeah, man, maybe uh, Chief Osceola just needs to come out in that slingshot, give Renegade a little a little break there, have him come out in the slingshot, plant the spear, go nuts. Oh, Brian, Brian Kelly is not about the slingshot at all. He's already made that known. <laughs> well, as, uh, as David hinted, he's got a couple of great articles coming out this week. He's doing a state of recruiting. It's a two-parter. It's got floors that has so much going on. Looking forward to that. Um, Josh has always tapped into uh, different recruits, getting their thoughts. He speaks to a couple of the coaches and different things like that. So as soon as we know it and as soon as it's something that we have – uh, permission to to release we will definitely be letting you all know and as always please check out the recruiting thread we're hitting a dead period right now david you've put out the call for questions is that right yes and and i promise you guys the next podcast we do it'll be fully devoted to mailbag questions there were some great ones that came in um, i've got them all written down and everything so we'll, we'll certainly hit those because some of those questions you know even there even though we've already had this great recruiting weekend they're still totally relevant great questions to ask yeah, one caveat, if Florida State lands five more commits before the next <laughs> the next podcast, we might have to push the questions off another week. But uh, guys, thank you so much for jumping on. Uh, it's, a, it's a very nice feeling to come out of a weekend like that where uh, so many times in the past, Florida State has had big weekends with, with no commitments. And this, this was the one. This was what all the work paid off for. Uh, excited about Tribe 22. Uh, and Josh has one more thing before we call it a well, night. I want to say just a shout-out to the coaching staff for getting the, the right mix of players to come in on the same weekend. Guys, you, you felt were close to committing or silent commits already and kind of building that buzz, building that energy, and it kind of is like a little bit of that snowball effect. You see a couple guys come in, it's like, oh, well, now it's time for me to get going, and, and now they're all kind of recruiting together. They're on the same page. They're pulling that rope on the same side, and it's just a beautiful thing to see. And just think, man, Travis Hunter wasn't even on campus and they landed five commitments. I mean, it, it shows you that it, the Travis Hunter magic is there even when Travis Hunter's not on campus. Well, that's funny because you mentioned Travis Hunter. We talked earlier about Collins Hill and Travion Williams going to play there. And the other thing is when I was talking to Lee Biotti yesterday on the range, he goes, man, he goes like, Travis Hunter's like the 11th assistant. Like that guy is crazy. So it's just, everybody's taking notice. Travis Hunter is unbelievable. We can't go a pot without mentioning him. He's, he's the man. Yeah. I love it, man. We may have to dedicate the next recruiting thread to Hank. I may have to do that. That's yeah. awesome. So I'm still putting out a call to one of the Florida State fans making a Twitter handle. Is Travis Hunter ranked the number one prospect in America yet? Uh, and just a daily update that every day he's not. They just tweet at 247 Rivals ESPN to let them know they're making a mistake because that kid is unbelievable. So on that note, thank you, Josh. Thank you, David. It's been a great night. Uh, check us out on Tomahawk Nation and our official recruiting thread. Or anytime there's any recruiting news, we will definitely have something out. Check us out. Leave us a question. And as always, that's a wrap. 